Huffington Post now columnist and does a fantastic job, covers sports, everything really, and did a tremendous piece on uh, cocaine and Major League Baseball. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Moose, how are you? This is already valuable for me because I didn't know that about the car battery either. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're happy to educate so you here, Andy. There you go, Andy. You know, Andy, this was a really interesting piece um, because obviously when we think, uh, when someone says drug use in baseball, your mind immediately goes to steroids and to PEDs. Right. And this is something that, you know, we don't generally think cocaine. That's something I think that people believe Major League Baseball dealt with in the 1970s, and it's sort of over. But what made you want to look back into this story? Maggie, really just covering the game and the time that I did. You know, I was a beat writer covering the Phillies and the Mets and then did a column for a while where I was around all teams. Uh, and this was one of those things that just getting, when, you know, when you get to know guys well on the beat, you hear stories and you hear gossip. And as a as a reporter, it's tough to know when to do anything with that because gossip's gossip, right? And and with the with the absence of real testing in the league, you're not going to drag somebody's name through the mud or or repeat rumors without hard evidence. But frankly, last year when Jose Fernandez died, uh, of course, he had cocaine in his system when he crashed his speedboat, and then Tommy Hansen, the former Braves pitcher, the year before that, uh, died uh, from cocaine and alcohol use. You just have to think as someone who's covering the game, like, am I missing something? You know, am I missing a story? You don't want to be that guy who was covering McGuire and Sosa in 98 and missed the steroid story. So, Maggie, by the same principle, I just thought, you know, I had an opportunity to look into it a little deeper here, and, and I just thought that something that was going on a little bit, and I, I wanted to take it from rumor and gossip and try to understand with the depth of the actual issue. You know, and you're talking to a former and current players, Andy, they speculate that as many, as much as 25% of Major League mm-hmm. Baseball players currently are cocaine users. That is, uh, I mean, maybe I'm naive. That's an alarming number. No, that's huge. And and to be fair, the guesses ranged. Guys, I think we're guessing based on their own experience and who they know. So, you know, like, logically if you're around it you probably think that a lot of guys do it if you're one of the guys that goes to chapel instead every sunday in in the clubhouse you probably think nobody does it so i I, it's tough without hard evidence but yeah those 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 guesses were striking 25 percent i know the guy guessed five percent and even that you know i i looked up i i had no idea prior to reporting this what percentage of the general population was cocaine users and 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 i found the most recent study said like 0.6 percent so uh, that's obviously considerably lower than even the low estimates in baseball, which makes sense. As one player said to me, basically we're rich, uh, we're young, we're out late, uh, we're stressed. Uh, there's a lot of factors there that would lead to that being higher than what any other group of people in any other kind of job might might use. You know, We're talking with Andy Martino, who's written a piece about the other potential drug problem in Major League Baseball, not steroids, but cocaine use. Um, you know, Let's talk about testing. MLB has the joint drug agreement. We obviously know it very well from all of the steroid stuff, but what do they say in terms of testing for street drugs in Major League Baseball? What's the protocol? Yeah, I think a lot of people were surprised uh, to find this. I found in the reaction to this piece, I think there's an assumption that baseball tests for this stuff, and they don't, really. There's, you can smoke weed, you can do cocaine, you can do ecstasy, opiates, all these things that baseball calls drugs of abuse uh, without being tested unless baseball has what it calls probable cause, which is pretty nebulous. Like, how do you develop probable cause? Well, you can have a prior 
issue where you were arrested. You can be like Josh Hamilton is someone who's tested under uh, probable cause because everybody it's well documented that he's had a substance problem. Uh, but unless you run a follow of the law in some other way, uh, you can you can do these drugs in baseball and, and not be tested. That's a I, and and listen. I was under the assumption that there was some form of random drug testing going on in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball. So I mean, Andy, there. I mean, how alarmed I guess would you know you reach out to the Players Association? I guess the commissioner's also office, Rob Manfred. How big of a problem? How alarmed are they by by the use by your story by the use of mm-hmm. cocaine in Major League Baseball right now? Well, they play it down, and you know the the reaction that I got from. MLB in particular was, uh, well, of course, they're troubled by Hanson, Fernandez, and in monitoring the, the issue, they don't think that there's an increased issue. They believe, and they, they, they pointed to how they have behind-the-scenes uh, treatment specialists and addiction psychiatrists who help out players in need and all this kind of stuff. So uh, they would push back on the premise of this story, I, I, would, I would think. Um, I knew that they did as I was reporting it. Uh, and there's players out there. Look, with Troy Hawkins, who I respect immensely and covered when he was a Met, played 19 years as a reliever in, in the big leagues, uh, tweeted that he was never around cocaine, so he didn't really see that this was a story. So I think it's totally possible that, um, again, as I said before, if you're around it, you see it, it's out. It's, I mean, look, the way this drug, I think, works in our society is that it's not like people talk about it all the time. It's kind of a bit of a secretive thing. So I, I think it depends a little bit on who you talk to, what the extent of the problem is. But I can just say that the guys that I talked to were reliable, had no reason to lie, told me about specific experiences like the one I led the story off with where rookies called up to the big leagues and just coked everywhere all of a sudden. So, um, uh, yeah, the league and the union would say this is a tiny little thing. And some players would agree with them, and some players would say it's a bigger issue. It's subjective to an extent, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, because it's not like people are out there doing cocaine in public. Or actually, you said that maybe they are in, in nightclubs and stuff like that. That's not, right. you know, but it's um, it's there's such a stigma attached, obviously, to cocaine. It's obviously illegal, uh, controlled substance. It's not like marijuana where you have advocates out there who are getting mm-hmm. laws changed and the medicinal part of it and all of that. Um, you know, it's interesting, though, Andy, and I'm not too shocked that the league or the Players Association would try to tamp down this story. I mean, they basically turned a blind eye to the entire steroid era while it was happening because it was so helpful for the game um, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, the home run renaissance and, and everything that was going on. But, you know, I feel like, you know, after the Jose Fernandez autopsy report came back, don't you feel like maybe the players themselves would want to police this problem a little bit? I mean, Fernandez, to lose him at such a young age, one of the bright lights of the league, I mean, was that not enough for players to say, mm-hmm. hey, maybe we all need to look ourselves in the mirror a little bit? That's a great point, Maggie. And maybe they did, or some did, personally, individually, quietly. Uh, but in terms of what they would do as an institution, you know, drug testing has been such a point of contention and between in negotiations, labor negotiations between the league and the union. And they have a privacy argument that they've always made. You know, they resisted steroid testing, as you guys know, forever. Yeah. Partly because they're saying, you, know, you don't get our, 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 our sample. That you're just our workplace. And I think, you know, there is a privacy argument to be made. So then you take that to recreational drugs. And who among us would really be that excited, whether we're users or not? I'm just saying, like, the privacy issue of random testing from your employer. I think that's a legit issue. 
uh, it was a legit thing to not want to have. Um, so players come at it from that direction, and uh, you know, I think if you're someone also who, who has these habits, as we know with addiction, it's not like it's that easy to just say, okay, well, this tragedy happened, so I'm just gonna you know stop. I, I think right, right. that's unfortunately not the nature of addiction. But yeah, to the testing point, you know, people have asked me since this came out, well, what happens next? And I think really not much because. Um, they're they're just the players are never going to consent to to that kind of testing. It, it was like pulling teeth just to get steroid testing. We're talking Andy Martino, Huffington Post, great column on cocaine use, Major League Baseball. Andy, the the trade deadline, you know, you, you cover baseball and have for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trade deadline is quickly approaching here. Um, you know, the Yankees are are in the position of, and they've already made one big trade with the White Sox. You know how. How much do you think? How heavy do you think uh, of a price the Yankees will would be willing to pay in order to bring in a starter to help out that rotation? I think Cashman's in a little bit of a staring contest right now with with any potential EAs with Sonny Gray, and, and there's of course other options with Dan Straley. I, I think that uh, they are. I think we've now earned Cashman after a couple years of us going, "Oh, you're the Yankees. You're just going to go all in." I think he's finally earned the benefit of the doubt. Like you're not going to pay that high a price. For this year, whatever this year happens to be, uh, they're always half all in and like half with an eye on the future. And I just think it's going to continue that way, Moose. And, and, you know, the start, of course, that they got out of Tanaka last night has to be tremendously hopeful for them in terms of maybe they can get some consistency there. And, and uh, I, I just think that they would trade, uh, they're not going to trade from their stock of guys that. Who who fans have come to know and love, a Gliber Torres, et cetera. They're just they're not going to part with those guys. And if a team knows that they have a need, that's what they're asking for. So right. I would not be stunned. I mean, Cashman's pretty good at stealthily pulling something off. And if he if he came up with a name and with a trade that we never even thought of, it would not be the first time. Uh, but I, he, these are not the Yankees of old. These are like the Cardinals of our generation, with always making these moves <laughs> with one eye on the present, and one eye on the future, and that's that's what Cashman's doing. So. I think his course is not going to be radical. I think it's going to be a little bit more middle of the road. Andy, just quickly, what about the Dodgers also in the market for starting pitching? Clayton Kershaw now on the DL. Think it's a given that they're going to get you Darvish or maybe Sonny Gray? Well, the the Gray sweepstakes is interesting for sure, and and I think that's the Darvish is Darvish is an interesting situation. If I'm them, I would rather have Sonny Gray. They've been targeting Darvish. That's everything that I've heard. Uh, but if you look at the way this guy's pitched lately, if you look at what the price would be, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's you get into this territory where you're like making a move to make a move. And I know Darvish has a track record, but if you're looking to acquire a free agent and you want to win now and you're where the Dodgers are at, I, that would make me a little bit nervous to pay the price that you know the Rangers are going to ask for 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 you a know, guy of that caliber. But they're going to trade. So I, I I would look at a Straley or a Gray there, uh, but. I'm not running the Dodgers, and they do seem to like Darvish. So you know, Andy, when you one team uh, that has been a huge disappointment this year, and we got about a couple minutes left to play with mm-hmm. is the Mets. Is, is there a learning lesson for Alderson this year uh, about the way that this team was put together, as reliant as they were on the young power arms? Well, as a 70 year old stubborn ex Marine, what do you think, Moose? I, think <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I mean, look, he's, well put. He, he is who he is. Uh, he, he hasn't. He's emphasized the same things and like de-emphasized defense and all these kind. Of, he's had his ideas in place for many decades. Uh, I think he would just look at this year as um, a year where 
they were pretty well set up with the pitching and the pitching just underperformed. And there's really no other way to design this team. They're so deep in on hoping that rotation's good. I mean, there's little there's moves they're going to have to make, obviously, in the offseason uh, and, and, and in terms of retooling. But I just think that the Alderson era is going to be defined by hoping that that pitching can carry you to some extent. Now, it's looking shakier than it ever has, of course, but uh, that's kind of that's the way they've set this thing up and it would be hard for them to radically change direction at this point. I mean, their big off their big, their big bat was Cespedes. That was their big move on the offensive end. And that's been made. They've got the money invested there. So I don't know how it's not like they're in a position where they can really make too many pivots. You know, they're, they got a high payroll. Yeah. They've got, there are a lot of players, a lot of pitchers under control next year. And they just have to hope that it works out a little bit better next time. It's, 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 it's a shaky proposition. And then, you know, they're going to have a new manager next year, too. So uh, it's going to be a whole new era in, in a lot of ways. Andy Martino, Huffington Post columnist, does a great job. Hit him up on Twitter. Great column this week on cocaine use in Major League Baseball. Andy, great to hear your voice, bud. Appreciate a couple minutes this morning.